Oh yeah! <laughs> music never Howdy gets old. everybody! That music never gets old, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. We do, but the music doesn't. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the movies that aren't better than thine Hollywood detritus. Oh, that's good, Robert. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. That was really clever. And the reason I even threw in the word detritus. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. Yeah. That was very good. I don't know if you heard that when I said it the first yeah, time. Yeah, I don't listen. What? I don't. Huh? Huh? What? Hey, hey, hey. And the reason you said that is because the movie we're discussing this week is Hamlet. No, no, no. Oh. And try another one by Shakespeare. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, taming. Of no, the... no, 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 no. It's not Romeo and Juliet. Oh. No. Um, I, I get these confused. Yeah, I know. Richard the Third. No, no, no. Nor Richard the First, Second, or Fourth, or Fifth. No. Oh, it's not Richard Part, part Three. <laughs> Man, this Richard movie's really long. Uh, the Tragedy of Macbeth. Yes, it is. The Tragedy of Macbeth. And our top five we're doing this week is... Top five Denzel Washington. Uh, uh, no, 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 we didn't do that. But we decided to really kind of flex our creative muscles, if you will. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. oh, me thinketh. Shakespearean, a Shakespearean influential movies. Yeah. Shake, Shakespeare influential. Shakespeare movies. Shakespeare. I was wondering about that. Shakespeare movies. Yeah. Shakespeare movies. Yeah. That's I can't spell five. Shakespeare. I know. No, Robert. It's We've great. We've never talked that. about this. I always. That's one of the handful of words. I put that up there with reservoir and reservoir dogs. Oh boy, no. That's a tricky one. Yeah. And the same thing with Shakespeare. And I've got to tell you, I checked it out i googled it i want to make sure i always got confused with the e and the a yeah that e and the a in the middle of his name that's that's a bit of a mind fuck it really is it is it is should be shakes spear spear, a spear. Yeah. yeah yeah or just shakespeare like you're shaking your spear uh, right exactly yeah but instead oh no he's got maketh more more complicated make it more than that <laughs> Why do you you sound like Daffy Duck? <laughs> All right, our top five was uh, Shakespeare movies. Our top five last week. Actually, we need to back up a little bit because there were a couple things that went on, and I'm going to go back more than one week. Oh. As you know, we doubled up, but even prior to that, there were some email issues. And to be fair, there were. Yeah, there were. Well, it came to mind, and you didn't see, you forgot to tell me, and then I went in. And I'm went sorry. To was that, it went to an email sentences? that's dormant that I rarely go to, and what I felt bad. What went to an email that was dormant? Well, see, one of our faithful listeners who listened to every one of our episodes, mm. and he wrote something really good. And you sent me a text a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, did you read out loud this listeners? I said, no. And then I went back, and sure enough, it was my dormant email that I don't use, and there you have it. But to make good on that, we like making good on that. Let's just back up for a second to tiny movies yes this was a three weeks ago but let's do it anyway and he said as i was listening i was making my own list at the last moment ira mentioned one of my favorites is a scoop gulliver's travels uh which i haven't seen in many years and he remembered seeing it as a kid but others are star wars number four the return of the jedi which featured the cute little murderous ewoks Number three, Lord of the uh, Rings trilogy, the Hobbits, uh, Hobbits and the, the Hobbits. Go Golems and the Dwarfs. Oh, my. Uh, number two was the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Disney's first feature-length animation. But why is it dwarfs rather than 
Oh, dwar- dwarves. D-W-A-R-V-E-S. And the plural. Okay. And you know what he said for number one? What? A Christmas Carol. Many versions have been made of the 1951 classic. After all, the story is the source of the original Tiny Tim. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. So he shared that. And then, I really like this. Let's do money shots. Okay. Are you ready? He wrote down, and I love this opening statement. He said, if I had to pick one filmmaker who created the most memorable money shots, it would be Hitchcock. And I get that point. I can em- embrace that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah, that's I would so say true. so. Uh, I not, remember the not, vi- Wait, not Spielberg? Uh, I, you know what? But that's the zoom in on the kid's face. Mm-hmm. The zooming in on the kid's mm-hmm. face. Zooming in on the... But with Hitchcock, and here he has five Hitchcock movies okay. for Money Shots. Notorious, 1946. Uh, the Evil Claude Rains ascending the staircase in his elegant home, knowing that Ingrid Bergman is not who she pretends to be. Mm. Uh, verse number four, Psycho, 1960. Actually, I've watched the film... Uh, only once years ago, but the scene obviously with the mother's chair turns around and to reveal her withered corpse can't be forgotten. Now, wait a minute. Well, I'm going to talk about this. Okay, okay. You've seen Psycho. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I have to drill down because you say yeah sometimes and you mean... You're right, but this time I really mean yeah. <laughs> okay. This right. time I really mean When's yeah. the last time you've seen it? Uh, I'd say about mm, eight years ago. Oh. That's about last time I saw it. Yeah. Huh. Did we see it again? No, we didn't no, see it again. Yeah. I mean, it's it, that's a movie well, that holds th- up really well. Oh, it really, really, really does. Yes, and it's interesting because she dies in the first yeah. third. I knew you were going to say that. She dies at the end of the first act. Yeah, I know. And it keeps doing this little like, who's the main character? I know, I know. And you're really only left I with know. Norman is, Bates. I know, as which the is something we've talked about. Well, who's the protagonist right. of the story? That's a tough there one. you go. And you know, I want to say that just a few weeks ago, I did watch one of the two Hitchcock movies, a biofilm. Oh, you made two? Yeah, well, there were two recent ones that came out. He only the same made two year. movies? No, you said no, you watched one no, of the two films Hitchcock movies. about Hitchcock, a bio, oh, a biopic, see, see, a biopic, uh, the one with Anthony Hopkins, which was really, really good, and it was about the making of Psycho. Mm-hmm. And the studio heads were livid. They said, "So in this film, your main female heroine is going to die in the first seventeen minutes. She'll mm-hmm. be dead in the first twenty minutes of the film." Yes, yes, you will. Yes. He said in his droll. So, but you're right, they're, and that's a mind they're fuck. They're just cattle. They're meant to be cute. They're all meant to be cattle. They're all cattle. Uh, but with Psycho, and again, that was quite a money shot where she turns around and we see the dead corpse. He said, um, also, obviously, the bathtub murder scene is famous, and for uh, uh, we know that. Okay, number three, The Birds, 1963, Tepe Hedron in the bedroom, terrified as the, board of, uh, as the horde of birds attack her. Also, the famous schoolyard. The jungle gym with the birds on those. That's that's the song the kids are singing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I thought that was a Bernard Herrmann score. They are singing like a little nursery rhyme, and we see them slowly descending, and just they're waiting and waiting. Yeah, and it goes on and on and on. I yeah. love that scene. <laughs> I guess you do. Vertigo number is number two. Jimmy Stewart following uh, Kim, Kim Dovac in the museum, watching her. She um, uh, the portrait of Carlotta. The camera zooms. Remember that the camera? What they do with the distortion? Oh no, I don't st- remember yes, this. What do. is this? Was it like a zoom in and a pull back? Yeah. Or was it a and you zoom know, out and a pull in? Well, I get those two confused. Either one will give you the effect. And let, let me tell you, yes, buddy, yes, because uh, I didn't really think about it when I was in film school. And I was trying to do it the hard way. I was trying to, I was trying to 
pull like dolly out and zoom in at the same time and it's insanely difficult to do it that way because your your focus has to be spot on so your focus is changing so you have to have someone who's writing the focus but you're moving while you're getting in tighter and so that that focus is really really difficult to keep in in, in like on, on spot so what you want is you want to be zooming out because your wider angle will, will be stay able, in focus. Yeah. So wider angle has a right. larger range. So go in real tight for of, the beginning. Get of a, acceptable focus. Right. right. So as you are dollying in and zooming out, it's much easier to rack that. That's focus. really interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So with the distortion, learn that the hard the, way. Yeah, I guess you did. Mm-hmm. I remember that scene vividly, and it's it, it's disorienting. It's it's it's. It's it's kind of a mind fuck when you see the distortion with the stairs and so on. So he put that down as number two. And number one, he did say high anxiety. Not a Hitchcock film, but a Hitchcock parody. Okay, he wrote, not really Hitch, but a tribute to his films. Mel Brooks are running through the park with the birds swooping at him, depositing their poop all over his clothes. And then he wrote at the very bottom, and I hope it went to the right email this time. That's, so we think- that's his money shot? He's being a little bit tongue-in-cheek, okay. I right. think, right. me thinks. Hey, we got a lot of more money shots, though. And again, it's broken down because we're doing all-time favorite money shots, and then we're going to get to Meryl Street movies, okay? All right, go yeah. through these. Okay, okay. So money shots, one of our favorite listeners, Kelly, should The Dirt. She's not my favorite. Oh, she is. Yeah, you'll meet her soon. And she, <laughs> she will. And The Dirt. She's, uh, she is my well, favorite. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you'll, you'll like her a lot. But she took it literally money shot because you know about that famous scene in The Dirt about the ejaculation. And in The, the Dirt? Cum sh- what do you yeah. You know that. You're fucking. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. What do you, I don't know what you're referencing. The, oh, you don't? No. Hold on. Wait. Okay, stop. let's Time back out. up. You have not used enough yes. words for me to understand what you're talking about. And legs. So there's like legs <laughs> yeah. all over the place. You're saying lo- the money shot in the dirt. It's about a gringy rock band. Oh, okay. And there's the, the movie The Dirt. The Dirt. Yes. yes. Now, okay. Now do you, okay. Am I helping now? Now and I know what like movie you're There's like an orgy. There's an orgy. And we see ejaculation shooting up in the air. Oh. Do you remember that? In the Is that in the beginning? Oh, yeah. Hmm. That, that movie was so overdone for oh. me, and it was just like, eh, whatever. Well, Kelly liked it. Well, that's why she's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Kelly. I love you. <laughs> and then uh, she wrote, um, and I wrote back to her, is that the scene you know that I'm thinking of? And she wrote, yes, sir. All right, let's move on. Our esoteric listener said, "For and again, this esoteric is for all-time money shots, basic instinct, the face on the detectives when Sharon. So it's interesting. She said it's the detective's reaction, not seeing her legs crossing her legs and looking all the way up but it's the detectives watching that was her money shot uh the secrets in their there eyes there were detectives in that scene yeah there were yeah. <laughs> there were two and they look dumbfounded and yeah like they don't know can't believe what they're saying that was very funny were there I, even detectives? I, I feel like there was a, a spoof of that if there it must have been like national lampoon's loaded weapon or something one of those movies where she did, I think there were like five, there must have been like 10 or 15 guys that were all watching. I don't think it was two. That's very, it was only yeah. two in the yeah. actual movie. That's very funny. That's very, are you familiar with the secret in their eyes? I, that doesn't mean anything no. to me. And she said that definitely has a money shot. I love what she said for this third one, The Truman Show. And I love that film. I think I liked it more than you did. And she said, when Ed Harris is watching his son on the screen and touches his face. So we see Jim Carrey and Ed Harris just kind of strokes because he's like. I want, like, let's talk about Truman Show for I a moment. I love that movie. When's the last time you've seen it? It holds up. 
I know where you're going. But when's the last time? Okay, you saw, uh, a year you, and a you half don't know ago. where I'm going with this. A year and a half ago. Okay, I think, I suspect that we're both wrong. I suspect that it's not as bad as I remember it being, and I suspect that it's not as good as you think that it is. Possibly. Why? I think I gave it an unfair, um, an unfair assessment because Jim Carrey was just. It was too much that like from 1994 to like 1996, Jim Carrey was everywhere. And I don't know. I just got sick of watching him. And it was the same thing every single time. There was no there there was no nuance. This was like his big nuance. And he was still super hammy. And like like he was still doing like stand up. It's like he didn't know how to be a serious person. Which is fine if you're going to keep doing Ace Ventura movies. But he wasn't. He was trying to make this push into like more well-regarded films. So I, that's what felt. I'd be curious to see it again. I thought when I first saw it in the theater, and I've seen it multiple times since then. That was brilliant. Peter Weir, the Australian director, did yeah. it. And I think I've talked to you before about that last scene where he's in the boat mm-hmm. and they fabricate the storm, and he goes through that door yeah. at the very end. And I got real emotional when I saw that. That we all want to open up that door and see what's on the other side. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Oh, is it? <laughs> but I think that I think you might be right. I think there's probably some pretty good stuff from that movie. I mean, I remember everything you're talking about. I've seen it two or three times. Yeah. But I think I'm I'm probably being a little too harsh on it. And, and I maybe think I'm being maybe too you're being easy. too lovey dovey yeah. on it. Yeah, maybe. Curious to see it again. Yeah. Curious case of Benjamin Button when Benjamin learns how to walk, and then she said American Beauty for Money Shot, um, the cheerleading and and Spacey looking at her. Yes, when she's cheerleader. Uh, she opens her blouse and rose petals fall down. Okay. Um, also, one of our favorite listeners said, I can't believe how much you talk about it. Not even the scoops. Did you mention the War of the Roses for a money shot? And you know what? What would be the money shot he's there? Right. He's right. Uh, he said, when they are laying on the chandelier and in their fleeting gesture, he tries to hold her hand and she throws it away. And you know what? He's right. He's right. Now that's that's right. That is a movie that holds up. Oh, we talked about. I'm gonna say this again. Danny DeVito is underappreciated as a director. As a director, I think his acting, a lot of it is same same stuff. Yeah. But as a director, we rattled off like four of his movies. Although he was really good in uh, uh, what's the one with Jack Nicholson? The uh, oh, one flew over. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. He was really good in that. Yeah. Yep, agreed. And agreed. I do like him in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Do you ever watch that show? I never saw that, no. It's a no. TV show. I don't watch TV. Uh, someone else wrote... Uh, you just love watching movies. <laughs> 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 Chloe's death and Boys Don't Cry. It was so sudden and real that I yeah. can't get it out of my mind. And again, this is from our, one of our very favorite listeners, Matt. Uh, number four, he said, E.T., I know it's cheesy and cliche, but the scene where they ride their bikes, uh, the silhouettes across the moon. Yeah, I'm I can on see board that. with that. I'm on board with that. I mean, I think it's really not the film's fault that that scene just gets shared Par- so much. much. Yeah. Well, it became the logo right. of the corporation. Yeah. 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 And in a way, that cheapens the moment. Agreed. Agreed. It became a standing shot of that, became the logo. Right. It was too much. But it's a very sweet, magical moment. What is that? Hold on. Let's drill down on this. Yeah. What, what is that thing of there's a human desire to want to be first to something. Like we want to know a band before anybody else. We want to see a movie before anyone else. And we want to be along for this ride until it gets to a point. And then 
we're sick of it. And then it's kind of like, I don't, I don't want to be part of this anymore. It's sold out or whatever. And it's, it's too commercial. I, I loved Jim Carrey up until uh, around the time. I was the just going to equate what you were saying to Jim Carrey. And yeah. you just did that for me. Titanic was the same way. I loved that movie when it first came out and then just got sick of it. Are you serious? Yes. You absolutely. loved it when it first came out? Loved it. When I first, I saw opening night and was like, this movie is incredible. And then people really? wouldn't shut up about it. And then, well, Fight Club, Robert. Yeah. Sort of the same yeah, thing same with thing. Fight Club. No, I would agree. I think it's a decent movie, but people ruined it. <laughs> people ruined it. And I think with the, uh, the E.T. moment, it kind of dilutes the impact. When you see too much of it, it's not special anymore. What is that? What's, oh. what's the human psychology behind oh, wow. that? Why, do we, why can't we just appreciate it's a good movie? Why can't we just, I mean, he, he even says, I know this is cheesy, but, so he's appreciating it, but he's also acknowledging that societally, we've kind of rejected this moment as being overplayed. Why do we do that? Why can't we just appreciate that moment? You know, I think it goes back to how we're wired. I don't think that's, what is a, that? that's not a learned behavior. I, I think it's just you think it's evolutionary? a genetic. I think it's a genetic thing about we like. Do you, I don't know. Do you think it's like we, um, you know, we find a, a, a stream that no one else knows about and we go to it, but then when that watering hole becomes too crowded, it serves no purpose and... Uh, you know, it could get poisoned, so you got to go out and find something new it and dilutes, fresh. It dilutes the specialness of it. And why do we need it yeah, to be special? Why? why can't we just appreciate the specialness? It's, it, it's like if, if you existed in a bubble, if I existed in a societal bubble, I, I would say Titanic is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Loved it. But it's actually one of my least favorite movies to watch because of the way that society reacted to it. What is that? Well, do we all like the new, new, new? We like, it's, the expression is the next shiny object. Maybe we like, maybe that's why people cheat in relationships. They want variety. Next. Maybe. Whoa. But at I, the same time, okay, here's an, yeah, here's an yeah. example of a further, uh, on my point. That movie End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal. I saw it. I saw it in the theater by myself. I think I've told the story on the podcast. I saw it in the theater by myself. When the movie was over, I was so slack jawed and just totally in awe that I walked out of the theater and walked right back into another theater that was playing the same movie to watch it again. Wow. Immediately went back to watch it again because I wanted to see I was I it wasn't enough. I was I gotta see this again. I started telling my friends and I went to see it probably four or five times in the theater with other people. I, you know, I, I started t- bringing everyone I could and everyone was like, what is this? Why, why, why? And every time it's been fantastic. Everyone really appreciated it. I, I've not shown it to anyone that didn't like it. So why is it that that movie mm. doesn't, I, doesn't become diluted on yeah. repetition yet so many others do? Yes. Exactly. That's it. Is I it just, the, is it because it's not mainstream enough? That's a great question. We invite our listeners to. Give that's us an the interesting answer. psychological. It really is. Concept. It really is. It, and I think, I mean, it has something to do with how movies last as well. Like, I, Shawshank Redemption. 
wasn't popular in 1994. That's right. Right. I mean, that's it, right. It, people saw it, but it was no. the, the 1994 movie was Pulp Fiction. That's, that's right. everyone talked about that movie. That movie had such long legs; it was in theaters for over a year. Pulp Fiction, and nobody really talked about Shawshank. Shawshank, over time, right? One might argue is the better movie. I could make that argument, yes. You know, we can also, by projection, we can take what you're saying and that you love chocolate cake. But if you have it every single night for dessert, I think the wonderfulness of it will Well, maybe, but I, th I think what I'm trying to say is you like chocolate cake, but then if everyone says chocolate cake is their favorite, mm, yeah, now yeah, you're going, oh, yeah, I don't like chocolate cake yeah, anymore. Yeah. And that's what I'm like, why? Why not? You, it's your chocolate cake. And it goes back to the specialness of something that's... Hmm. It's society saying well, it's society. we like this thing as a culture, and then you going, I, I have to to be different than the rest of everyone else. It's the desire to not conform. But but so I don't is know that why. cultural? Is that a learned behavior? That's where you're going, or is yeah. it a genetic predisposition? Maybe both. Mm -hmm. But why do we feel that way? Yeah. I yeah. mean, who's the joke really on? Yeah. It's. The rest of society doesn't give a shit whether I like the movie Titanic or not. No one cares. Only I care about that. I'm the only person that cares. And yet, I've rejected the movie because the rest of society has heralded it. Seeing you say, who's the joke on? In this case, it's on you. Yeah. You're, you're disappointing yourself. You're letting yourself down. You're, you're, and getting back to this comment about E.T. Yeah. I mean, he's, aware, he's even saying, look, I understand you may not like this movie, because the rest of society has felt this right. way about it. But I got to tell you, those moments actually work on me. Right. There's something deeply yeah. psychological yeah. And, and societal about movies. This, by the way, is my reason for why theaters will always be around. I've said this before. You've been saying that for five years. I don't think we'll ever get rid of theaters completely because there is a communal aspect to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is part of it. It's yeah. the shared... Yeah discussion about how right. people feel right. about a certain film right right we will always have these underground films that you know you watch and like i i was i felt for end of watch i mean end of watch was a pretty mainstream movie but i felt like it was a little underground in the sense that not enough people really saw it they had heard about it but i was going look you need to check this movie out you will like it and and in that sense it felt more underground right. to me and i think you'll always have those kinds of movies that that are underground, and then you'll always have these big cultural milestones. Right, right. And don't forget the best thing about End of Watch. It's got my favorite actor, Jake. And your, one of your favorite actresses. Who's the female in that? Uh, what's Wait, her name? What the, um, from uh, Up in the Air. What's the... Uh, ka, 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 Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick, yeah. She doesn't have a large part, does she? She's oh, yeah, like the she, wife. She, she's the wife. Are you That's kidding where, me? She is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Are you getting me? Are you getting I don't know why I'm in falsetto all of a sudden. <laughs> Are you doing an impression of Anna? No, I was okay. being in a falsetto voice. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> hey, uh, finishing this up with uh, Captain's Courageous. When they make the boy spot uh, into the wind, I never knew where that saying came from. I just heard uh, him crotch sing about it are you saying spit into I, I don't the know wind? what i'm saying it, it might be a typo on his end but watership down is his number two uh when the rabbits did you see that uh when i did i read the book by the dogs and the injured one is talking about how everything is cold and going dark when it dies that was one of the few movies that I read the book first and then saw the movie and was 
very disappointed in the the adaptation yeah, of that. Yeah, which often happens. And again, this is his number one, and I found myself nodding in agreement, and he wrote, fast time, for money shots of mm-hmm. all time, fast times at Ridgemont High. Come on, Robert. Wait, what's the money shot? <laughs> How come, what, what happened? If I thought of it, I would have put it in my five. I would have, and I think you would have too. Man. Phoebe Cates um, emerging from the pool in that red bikini, not for too long, but there she is. You know, I, I got to say, like, <clears throat> I'm not sure how Phoebe Cates feels about that scene. Yeah. But that scene, it, it really is one of the best in cinematic history <laughs> for a very niche part of of movie-going public, the teenage boy. Like, she, she was beautiful and just, like, of that time... You would never suspect that she even needed to do a nude scene. She was kind of young. I think she's probably 18 or 19. Yeah. Right? She's kind of a yeah. younger person to, to make that decision to go, yeah, I'm going to show my tits in this movie. And then she kind of dropped out of film yes, after that, she right? Did. I mean, she hasn't really. Yeah. She with uh, Klein. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Klein. Chris Klein. Was she in a Chris Klein movie after that? No, 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 no. Yeah, she's what, what? the husband. That's her husband. Oh, you're checking that out right now. Yeah. She walks out of like it's a changing room, isn't that right? Like like a cabana. No, he's watching. Or, what her. is it? He's she's watching in her a when she's. Pool. That's right. That's right. You know why you're checking that? I saw that on a first date. It was a student's mother. Did I say Chris Klein? I, I meant Kevin I got, Klein. Kevin, I get those two Kleins mixed up. You know, I got hard in the theater. Anyway, good. Hey, one more, one more. Uh, I don't think you'll be talking about these money shots, but if you do, my vote is for Behind the Green Door. Okay, so that's one of our lists. And again, there's a lot of um, coming shots, and that's the um, porn expression of money shots. Meryl Street movies, you ready? Yeah. Um, one of our favorite listeners, Kelly, said, I refuse to watch that movie, Don't Look Up, for multiple reasons, and you know what they are. Hold on. Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates have been married since 1989. Wow. Which makes for an impressively long union in Tinseltown. Wow. Considering that they don't make a ton of sense on paper. Cates was a model and a dancer turned actress, while Klein was Juilliard-trained stage actor. So there you go. All right, sorry, go ahead. And our favorite listener refuses to watch it. Mm. She refuses to watch it for reasons we discussed on our last podcast. But she did say, uh, The Devil Wears Prada, Oh My God, Savage. She loved that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love The Bridges of Madison County. Uh, It's Complicated, Made Me Laugh Hard. And and I Want Her Kitchen. Uh, And then she wrote, Doubt. Okay, our esoteric listener said, uh, as Kelly uh, looking up is out of my choice would not watch either what no there's a typo here but she said she said oh don't look up is what she meant to say i won't watch the movie either she won't watch the movie um ira and robert mentioned all the movies however some of mine would be a one true thing you practice reading all these before before we go on live thing have you ever heard of one true thing Uh, oh yeah yeah Yeah, florence foster jenkins i remember the manchurian candidate the iron lady and out of africa and our last person here said sophie a lot of repeats julian julia seduction of joe tynan have you ever heard of that Uh i saw that in the theater and i I liked it so uh she's in that film all about a senator who has a sexual affair and gets brought down devil wears prada uh big little lies he said season two we thank our listeners you know, one thing that no one mentioned, and I wish I'd mentioned as well, 
Uh, you're talking about which one are you doing? Yeah. Merrill. Merrill movies. I think we covered all of them. We didn't. Well, first of all, nobody said uh, Osage, Orange County or whatever that, yeah. that was. But the, the other one that I don't think anybody really thought about, but do you remember the John Cassale movie? Not John Cassale. Caviezel? How do you say his name? No, no, no. That's somebody else. Cassale. Yeah. Yeah. The Attica. Doc- yeah, yeah. The documentary about him. <laughs> Which I've been dying to see, and she's in it, isn't yeah. she? And, I mean, that was her boyfriend. Which is incredible. Tell us real quick. Again, he's only been like five it movies. five movies. And he's so in, in our brains. He's branded in he's our brains. He's been brain. in five movies, he's, and all of them were nominated for Best Picture. All five were nominated for so Best Picture. So it was Picture. The Godfather, yeah. The Godfather 2, yeah. The Conversation, yes. The Deer Hunter, and Dog Day Afternoon. And... They were living together. They were boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. And he was dying of cancer. And I think he was the reason why she was in The Deer Hunter, I believe. I think he kind of got her her in in that movie. From what I feel, they were an odd couple. Do you know what I mean? I don't see them as a couple. He's kind of a weird looking guy. Yes. With his hairline hairline going back, you know, and it, but it was like very, still very thick, but it was like on the top of his head, it was a very weird hairline. And just kind of a, uh, an odd-looking person to begin with. So the idea that he would, would be with someone, just in, in general, having any sort of female companion. <laughs> at all. Plus the fact it's Meryl. Yeah. And then, I mean, she's Hollywood royalty now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder what it was like. I'd like to like, be a fly on the wall in their bedroom. I wonder what their pillow talk was all about. <laughs> you, know, you think they just laid on the pillow, uh, laid on their pillow. bed, and just talked about acting? Like, when the, I don't know. She said, "Honey, fuck me deep." I wonder if they did that. I wonder if fuck me deep, sa- and oh, oh that she, feels so good. Now but, I'm gonna snooze. Yeah, but she did it because <laughs> fuck me deep, and now I'm gonna snooze. I'm sleepy. Can I have a cigarette? Roll over and go to sleep, honey. Fuck me deep, and now I'm going to snooze. Is, is there something here I'm not getting? Fuck me deep, and now I'm going to snooze. <laughs> you know, snooze, and I am sleepy right now because I didn't get the reference. By the way, it's funny you'd say snooze because you know why? It's time for In the News. How many times did you have to do that? Uh, 17. You guys get so bored with me. Hey, bringing this up, because she is an Oscar-winning actress, Whoopi Goldberg, let's talk about what happened on Oh, what happened with Whoopi? Well, she made the statement that the the, the Nazis' treatment of the Jews Jews during the Holocaust was not racist at all, but it was humanity versus humanity. So a lot of people got upset, and she's been penalized and kicked off the air. She's been censored. She's been canceled for two weeks, two, two weeks. Go to your room. Go to your room. Slap on the wrist. That's a bad boopy. You come back in two weeks and be a good girl. I would like to get this started. I hate her guts with every fiber of my body. I don't. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't care about politics. I don't like who she is as a person. I don't like who she is as a person. Iris premise number two. She's right. She's right. Jewish 
is not necessarily a race. It's a religion. I remember when I was in temple, my parents made me go. They forced me. And there are all these discussions. Is Judaism a race or religion? It's confusing. Nobody knows. But the point is, so what? Like you said earlier, it's called the view. And she expressed this point of view, even if it's not wildly, wildly popular in today's PC reality. And she got set in the corner for two weeks because of what she said. What the fuck is going on? Let me tell you, too. She apologized. I know. That's the That problem. made me... Stand by your words. Yeah, yeah. Look, first of all, it's disingenuous. We know you don't mean it. And the other thing, too, like... I don't know. This whole concept of like they were digging up some stuff that she had said way back in the past. Like she she put out a, a recipe for like a Jewish American princess cake or something mm -hmm. for a for a cookbook way back in the 90s. So why? Who fucking cares? I don't I don't know why comedians or former comedians in the case of Whoopi's case. Can't just stand by what they said and, yeah. and just say. It was a fucking joke. It was funny. Because when you start to apologize, all you do is just show weakness to them. And they're, they're going to come from more things. More things that you've said. It, this doesn't end. And the fact that she was suspended is... It's reprehensible. She should be foaming Living. at the mouth. Yeah, yeah. She and should yet, be like, She should be getting on Twitter going, those pieces of shit that, that censored me... Fuck it's them. called the view. Yes. Now, granted, she should also be pointing her, you know, her wagging finger back at herself for doing the same thing to other people. She's intolerant of other people's viewpoints, and that's my problem with Whoopi is that she she can't handle other people's viewpoints. I know. I know. Which it's so ironic that it's it it, it, it it really isn't. It is the view. You have to have this view. Any other view, uh uh, uh you can't be on here. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. That's what Bill Barr said too. He said it's called the view, not a view. So he was, yeah, yeah. But it's it's so strange. And again, I despise and, her. And but they're she's always right. begging for an honest dialogue. All ideas we need to have, have an a, honest dialogue. All ideas have a, be, a right to be heard, in, in especially not just including, but especially the quote obscene ones. Especially, sure. All ideas in a free and open marketplace should be heard. Why can't we discuss things? Yeah. I mean, it's different than acting on them. I mean, I was saying to you as well, like uh, um, most scientists regard th there is no race at all. It is the human race. Right, right. So there is no black race. There is no white race. It's none of it. It's all made up. It's just people saying, well, here's where I'm drawing the line in the sand. And th this is made up. It's an artificial construct. Yes. I love that term. It's an artificial construct. That's what it is. It's. It's nationalities. Yeah, that's what it is. Right? It, yeah. It's so like, are Scandinavians, are they a race? Oh, that's race? a race. Is that a race? No. Uh, let's see, Filipinos. Uh, Puerto Ricans, uh, where do you stop with this nonsense? Exactly. People from Norway. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, you Lithuanians. We know all about you Lithuanians, you. Or like Haiti and Dominican Republic living on the same island. Are yeah. different races? Y yeah. Yeah. Where do we stop? Yeah. Just let, let people be people. Yeah. Let them do what they want to do. Just don't harm anybody and get the fuck on with your life. Now, on the heels of this, yeah. Joe Rogan, yet another example. And he, to apologize, he got a podcast and he said some Never should have apologized. Quote, controversial things. And he did apologize. And, um, and Neil Young, as you know, it's on Spotify. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Spotify. Yeah. 
is the home of this podcast. Yes. And so Neil Young and other left wing musicians. Yes, Joni Mitchell was the other one. Uh, and a bunch of other people you've never music. heard of before. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Oh, I know Neil Young. Yeah. No, and and a bunch uh, and, of other and people. a bunch of other people I've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. I can do a Neil Young thing. Old man. Da, 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 da. Okay, I'm sorry. Is that it? Is that <laughs> that was your yeah. old man? You just say two words. Quiver. He has to quiver a little bit. Old man. The irony is that he did that when he was young, and now he's old and he's singing the same song. There's a little bit of yeah. irony there. Okay. At any rate, um, they're having their. They want their music yanked off of that platform. He also sang "Keep on Rocking in a Free World." Yeah. <laughs> irony of oh, ironies. Oh, look at that. That's funny. Because of what he said. And you know what, Robert? Here's what I want to ask you. Could this come up back and bite us in the ass? Because we do a podcast and we've been doing this for five years. And there are things that we've said that are not necessarily completely correct. If I run for Senate. Ah! <laughs> There's your first parents problem. <laughs> so there you go. Whoopi and Joe Rogan. Look, I... We have we've been doing this podcast. You're right for a number of years. We have said all we sorts really of have. awful really things have. on this show. Yeah. If you go back and you listen to it, you will find tons of things that if we were to ever run for political office, they would be brought out probably out of context or maybe even in context and be used against us. Yeah. But, but it's exactly what I would what I just said. They've all been jokes. I, I don't think we've ever once said anything that was truly racist against other people. We might have used language. And even though we've used the N-word. Yes, not, how are you going to finish that no, sentence? No, I will finish the sentence. That We're, we're not racist. I look, we're, I, I we're think. being flippant and funny. I think. Which the, is healthy. I think it's possible to make a joke about rape. Yeah. I think it's possible to make a joke about race. And I, I see no harm in doing that. Right. And I think the people... Oh, it's healthy. I think the people that are worked up about, you can't say this thing, you are giving it value. You're you're making the taboo have value in, in people's lives. Right. Jewish people have had a history of being self-deprecating in their humor. Yes. In their humor. They make fun of themselves. And it's funny stuff. Well, we've lost sight of intent. Yes. What is the intent? Yes. Yes. And it's it's all it's all the effect that it has. Well, your words made me feel this way. Okay, then toughen up. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's not what I intended. I didn't mean mean to do that. What I meant to do was this. Now earlier you said you hate Whoopi Goldberg's um, uh, with all of your with, with every fiber of my being. Right. But I don't think that's because she's black. No. Or a female. No, I just don't like her as a person. No, no, yeah. Her yeah. viewpoints. Yeah. yeah. Right, so she's earned her her hatred. Yeah, yeah. But I will. I've said this. Let me say it one more time in Las Vegas when I did see Don Rickle, Rickles live, and I know you saw him one of his last performances, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 he made a very funny joke about blacks. It was a dining room d dinner you, show. You have to say the blacks. The the bl the blacks. <laughs> I got the COVID. <laughs> the blacks, and it was a very funny joke. And at the table next to us was a an African-American family. And it was a very funny joke. And he and I looked at each other. We shared eye contact and our mouths fell open because we were both laughing so hard 
at a, quote, deprecating joke about African-Americans. It struck him funny. He was howling. We looked at each other and we're both laughing at the same moment. We shared that experience. That's healthy. Because you understand you're in the right setting to hear someone talk who has viewpoints and you understand their intent. Look, if somebody if somebody does pull up an episode, just throw a stick and you'll probably hit an episode where we have said something <laughs> that was distasteful yeah. on some level. Yeah. You, you have to understand that we are appealing to an audience that actually likes to hear those kinds right. of things. Right. Probably because there aren't very many avenues like that left. That's true. That's true. I yeah. mean, what, what other podcast truly has that? Yeah. They're beholden to sponsors, which we'll get to our sponsor in a minute. And <laughs> I mean, they they wind up having to change their message and they're not able to have this true freedom of speech. You're right. To say whatever the fuck you want. You're right. You're right. And sure, we, we could mark it as explicit. I don't mind doing that. Mm-hmm. And that is that is something that we've done with every episode we of our We have the podcast. word explicit on iTunes, Absolutely. don't we? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We're, we're marked it's as It's in red. Yeah. It's in red, too. And so I, I think yeah. that's fair warning. And you know what? I think that's reasonable. Yeah. 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 And you get us pretty fast. I mean, you, you it doesn't take long for you to listen to us to, to start taking note of, eh, I don't think this is the yeah. podcast yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, Or, I love it. Whoopi and Joel. Robert, I got a little surprise for you. Yeah. You ready for this? Go for it. And now it's time for America's favorite game show. Not name that tune, but name that title. Okay, name that, that title. Is that good? I, now that I worked on. I rehearsed oh, that. Nice. I, rehearsed, I got a few for you. These are somewhat easier. Okay. Next time we'll make them a little more difficult. Ford you ready? Ferrari. I <laughs> don't think I didn't think about that, but it's, yeah. Mother! Uh, <laughs> next week. Oh, we'll do that one. Um, please give me the title of the following brief synopsis about three African-American women working in the early days of NASA. Oh, I got it. And I, they got, help. I know which movie this is. Hold on. It's a play on words uh, also. Hold on. Hold on. I'll, I'll be able to pull this up. Okay. Early NASA. And it's like they were, they were computers. Right, that's that was their job. Right, right, they were NASA, right, right, right. NASA computers, and they helped. And it was like solve a problem. Oh, what is it? It's, it's a play on words. It's like two or three words. It's two words. It's two words. Is is one of the words start with a B? No. Uh, M. Uh, I thought you get this one. Uh, three African Americans. Yeah. Yeah, I know Female. the movie. You know the yeah. Yeah, I know the Working movie. Working early NASA. I they, just can't remember the. They title. help with the computer programming to take care of glitches. Yeah. So Hidden figures. Oh, Hidden yeah, figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I wouldn't have gotten that. Oh, you wouldn't have gotten that. No. Okay. All right. Um, but last... if you said hidden figures, I would know exactly. Well, what yeah, I know that. The last two, okay, it's a movie I really liked, and you did too, with Anne Hathaway, and it's a sci-fi movie where the oh, monster mimics mo- her gestures. I don't like the title. Ga- I, Goliath. You're really close. Gargantuan? It's one word. It's really close, it's and not a G with a G, word. but with a C. Oh, it's with a C. Colossal. And, yes. I like that film. Yeah. I really liked it. Well, hey, maybe the five-year anniversary is coming up, and we should watch I'd it again. I'd love to see it again. Yeah. It was a good movie. And we did Anne Hathaway, and now it's time to do Nicole Kidman, where she's an undercover detective. Oh, boy. It's a I one word, I and know it's, the movie. it's hard. It's, it's, we saw it together, and um, she's undercover detective, Nicole Kidman. It was like... It's somewhat forgettable. It's not joy, but it's something no. like well, that. It's one word, and it's a horrible title. Beginning with the letter D. I was going to say dump, but I don't think that's it. No. Destroyer. A destroyer. What a weird title. Yeah. Destroyer. Yeah, not a good title. Okay. And that was America's favorite game. Name that title. <laughs> I, 
What? What does what? that say about some of these movies that we can't remember? How about that? How about that? What their title is. Yeah. It says they're not good titles. I'm also a little tired, so maybe that's part of Are it. Are you tired? Maybe if, I, if I'd taken a nap, maybe I would have been no, able to. No, no, you wouldn't have gone. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, man, uh, you want to do some... Uh, Summer old? Some, we really got... We're so <laughs> slick. Summer new, we now present the Week in Review. But first, Robert... Somebody sponsoring this segment? AVGearGuy.com. Yeah. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring all of your yeah. non-digital Dude. media into digital media. This is all of your old home movies, your old slides, your old photos. Send those over to AVGearGuy.com. He'll transfer them for you so you can put them up on the web and Facebook and share them with grandma and grandpa. And everybody can see some of these old movies that have been in the basement. For and we know years. from where we speak because we're yeah. both clients of his. He has state-of-the-art equipment. His prices are extremely reasonable. And also, all of our listeners. Listeners, go to his website, avgearguy.com, and you get a 5% discount, avgearguy.com. Okay. I saw The Hunt. Do you remember this? Do you remember hearing about it? So this was a movie that was banned for a minute. Then we'd like it. Yeah. And it had no business being banned. And this was... So, okay, the premise is that it was a bunch of conservatives that were kidnapped by by these liberal, like, Democrats, and the, the Democrats are hunting them down because they're conservatives. Um, and so they, they have to kind of survive, and they keep getting kind of picked off one by one. It's, it's an action, kind of not a horror movie, but it's definitely got a lot of gore in it. And, um, and it was banned for a minute because it was seen as, I mean, I, it was seen as being disrespectful, I guess, to the, to the conservative political crowd. And then eventually they released it anyway. But it should have been banned. No. I, it's, this is people that are way too worked up. I think they did more, more to help the movie by banning it than just letting it come out. Sure. Sure. I mean, it was fine. It actually wasn't even a bad movie. I, I, I was more offended, I think, if you want to say that that term, by "Don't Look Up." "Don't Look Up" seemed to be more of an attack on political ideas than this one, mm-hmm. and and this was people getting murdered. Wow. The hunt. You know what else I went back and watched? What else? Gravity. Did you ever see? I sure did. I sure did. I think it holds up. It's a beautiful... You know, we talked about the last scene, mm-hmm. walking out of the water mm-hmm. and the fish that goes by and there's a whole metamorph... It's... I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't interrupt you, but it's... No, go ahead. I'm listening. Well, yeah, but I sh- I'm stealing your thunder. So Sandra Bullock is uh, hanging out in space and uh, with... Uh, the, I was to say Tom Clancy. Uh, no, with uh, George Clooney. Yeah, yeah. And... Done by our fame, one of our, that director. What's his name? How do you say his name? Al Gorgeous cinematography, huh? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it, it really holds up well. It's a nice movie. I remember seeing it in the theater and just being absolutely blown away. Watched it again, put it up on the big screen. Yeah. And it did the job again. It was a really nice yeah. movie. Yeah, that ending where with this fish underwater and then she swims to the shore and slowly becomes erect and we see her walk off. It's, it, it works on so many levels. Gorgeous cinematography. Definitely worth seeing. Nice. What did you see this week? Lethal Seduction. 
Did it do what it's supposed yeah, to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. But you know, Amanda Detmeyer. Do they ever not do yeah, what they're they supposed ever, to do? Amanda Detmeyer, you don't know who she is, but she was in Lucky Thirteen, something that I oh. co wrote. So she was in that. And also the other is Dream Lover. Listen to my titles. Lethal Seduction, Dream Lover. But you know who was in Dream Lover? I thought he looked familiar. James Spader, when he was good looking. Oh. He became really <laughs> large frumpy. He's frumpy. Is he, he just looks frumpy these days. But he was kind of an attractive guy twenty well, weren't we all? Twenty years ago. All right. So besides those two movies, two more quick ones I want to share. I saw again Back to School. I oh, know yeah. we've talked about it before. I know we've talked about it, but I've got to do it again. Rod, where to begin? First of all, was Sally Kellerman, uh, Sam Kinison was was in it, yeah. and of course uh, Ned Ned Beatty. I forgot that he was in Ned that. Beatty's he, in it. Yes, yeah, he's huh. like the uh, the the dean. The dean. Or he's the dean, and it's such. It's formulaic, but it's oh so good. And when I took a screenwriting seminar, Sid Field, the guru in screenwriting, said to me, and along with 200 other people, he said, you know, it depends on the story, but if you have credibility in Acts 1 and 2, you can really push Act 3 a little bit and have fun with it, as long as it's set up, and I, I get that. And I want to tell you that diving sequence is so silly. It's silly, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I smiled because they knew it was all done with kind of a wink, but it was so, it had such heart. It, that movie is great, and I love Rodney Dangerfield, and I love the movie. I did. You know, he was supposed to be an asshole. That's like, what in I've real heard. Life. I that, and that saddens me because, yeah, yeah. I used to love his no respect, no respect mm-hmm. stick that he used to do. And the last one I want to mention is um, something you got me for for Christmas. Oh, milk money. Milk money. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I found it to be tantalizing and very sweet. And she That's is, why I thought it was a perfect movie for you. <laughs> With Melanie Griffith, Ed Harris looked young. Yeah. Ed Harris was so boyish in that movie. 1994. 1994. But I didn't see him in like a, a playful rom-com vibe to him, which surprised me. But why on Rotten Tomatoes? You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? 12%. I what don't know the why. fuck? What the fuck? It was heartwarming. Now, you, we had an interesting text exchange, you and I, about you felt, well, it's a kid's movie. And I said, is it? It's almost like a fantasy for adults, kind of. I think who's maybe the that, audience? I think maybe that's why I got such a low score is who's, who's the audience for this? Because yeah. It's like, is it a kid's movie? It, it's not a kid's movie, but it is. There's a kid that's one of the, I think he's the main character, right? As yeah. a kid. It's sexual. It's very sexual. Around kids. Yeah. Which makes people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. A lot of shots in Melanie in short skirts and high heels walking slowly. Right. And and it's quite titillating. And it's also got some action sort of stuff in it. Yeah, it does. But it's also a rom-com. It's a rom-com. It is a rom-com. If you had to label it, it's a sweet rom-com with a happy ending. So... I don't know, but all I know is that I liked it a lot. And by the way, I do want to mention... This is a movie that I can't believe got made. That's that's what this is. Yes. This is also... I mean, these movies don't get made anymore. These mid-budget you know, studio pictures where they, they'll scrape off 20, 20 $30 million and go make a, a, a little movie like this. Those don't get made. Yeah, you're you right. You don't see those anymore. You're right. It's all either like these tiny little independent movies that, you know, are like they're on a budget of fifteen thousand dollars 
or there's some art house flick that's yes. trying to win an Oscar, yeah. or they're a superhero movie. Yeah. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say in a weird way, it's like the best thing Melody Griffith has ever done. She Possibly. Was really good yeah, she was really good film. in that She was that really good in that. But again, I couldn't get over a young Ed Harris in like a rom-com vibe, Jim. I just want to say that it was uh, it, it was directed by Richard Benjamin, who did uh, Goodbye Columbus. That was an important film of the late 60s. Mm. And he also directed My Favorite Year. So he did which do... Hmm? Which year? Which, which year? Uh, not familiar with that? No, which, 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 what's your favorite oh, year? Oh, my favorite year? Well, the year I was born, 1947. Oh, then there was 1948. So he, there was 1949. Wait, mm, I thought it was, 1953. Wait, 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 wait. What? So 1947 is your favorite? I th- wait, I thought Spielberg directed. Was that 1942 that Spielberg directed? <laughs> 1776. I was a little, oh. yeah, yeah. And I said, the British are coming. So he directed 1776? Uh, Richard Benjamin. He was married to Paul Apprentice. He directed a whole year? Is. Choosing where the boys are. Okay, any rate. And there's one more, but I'm going to save it for next week. Have you ever heard of This Beautiful Fantastic? Does that mean anything to I've you? heard of it, but I definitely haven't it's seen it. It's a really special, sweet film. I'll talk about it next week. See, I gave a little oh, tease there. Oh. I gave a tease, didn't oh. I? Mm-hmm. And that's our Week in Review. Ira, let's talk about the tragedy of Hamlet. Robert, talk us through it. No, you do it. No, no, I can't. <laughs> no, I really am depending on you. Because you're really... <laughs> I need you to do this. The Tragedy of Hamlet. Yeah. Starring our boy Denzel. Yeah. And don't say boy. <laughs> uh and also our uh, our girl Frances McDormand. Yeah, I'll say. And uh, they uh hold on, let me kind of pull up our, our sheet here. You gave me a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Let me pull, good grief, there's a lot of paper here. What was well, a lot? Get to the yeah. Um And uh this is obviously written by just famously one, just one of them. Yeah, just well, famously written by just one person. <laughs> one brother. Yeah, one brother. Yeah. Well, do you want to say which brother? Did William Shakespeare have a brother? <laughs> no, you were mentioning it's the first time the Coen brothers obviously separated, and the other brother said he's Ethan, not going to do movies anymore. Yeah, Ethan said he's not doing movies. And so Joel said, all right, fine, fuck off, dick. No, apparently they're, it's everything's amicable. There's, there's. Do still, they have a falling out? No, no falling out. According to they're they arguing say. every night. Oh yeah, well in true grit, I didn't like the way you. Okay. You think so? <laughs> After like forty movies together, <laughs> I mean they were cranking out movies like one every year. I mean they've they and they've and got a long good. career. Yeah, yeah. Every one of them is good. I yeah. mean I think probably Lady Killers is is mm-hmm. kind of regarded as one of their worst, and even that's watchable. Like I don't. What have they done that's bad? I mean, Burn After Reading, I think, is I, I, a good movie that a lot of people didn't like. But mm-hmm. Hail Caesar, I mean, there's a few in there that... That got mixed reviews, Hail yeah. Caesar. Right, you're mentioning I, the ones I, that were not huge but hits. But all of the Intolerable Cruelty, all of those movies are actually pretty watchable. Are pretty watchable, and those are the ones that are some would say are disappointing. But the others, I mean, from Raising Arizona to Blood Simple... To no the remake of Men. True Grit, which I think is a perfect film. Yeah, I think True Grit, the remake, is a perfect movie. It's I do. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so the tragedy of Macbeth follows the story of uh, Macbeth, who comes back from war and meets these three witches, and they tell him that he will be crowned king. He'll be uh, promoted to this uh, kind of lord uh, over over the over Scotland, and then to king. And he's kind of like, well, what the fuck is going on with that? That was weird. And uh, there's another dude there that's with him that's like, yeah, that's that pretty messed up. <laughs> and then come to find out the next night, 
he actually is promoted to this lord position and he's yeah. going well shit there they nailed that one i wonder if i actually am going to be crowned king so he writes this letter to his wife right. lady Macbeth. right and boy she starts seeing dollar signs she starts going hmm maybe i'll be queen hmm, i like this idea and so after the whole battle is over everybody kind of comes back to Macbeth's castle and they're all sitting around and lady Macbeth is telling him hey yo you need to go kill the king so you can be proclaimed king and then the whole deal starts to kind of take what on this she set into motion right so instead of it being a reactive process it becomes proactive yes where they, they start to set out to plot to this murder which they do they're successful uh Macbeth kills the king lady Macbeth helps him cover it up but the problem is that they can't escape themselves and they start going insane. They can't escape themselves. Right. And so they can't Robert, get, that's so poetic. They can't get rid of the guilt. Yeah. Out out yeah. damn spot. spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, they start kind of losing it. And as a result, anybody that they think knows about the whole yes. the whole conspiracy they start trying to kill, this starts to uh, cause all sorts of strain within their uh, within their faction, and they start infighting. And wouldn't you know it, that that's when it starts to all kind of fall in on Macbeth, and he winds up uh, eventually dying. It is a tragedy. Decapitated. So. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. What a bitch. I'm no. I'm assuming you're talking about Lady Macbeth and not me, right? <laughs> well, there's two. Oh, okay. This could have been, should have been a happy occasion. You're going to be crowned, but the, yeah. it started into this whole, it, 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 it needn't have got, that's why it's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. That's why it's a tragedy. It does call into question the, the concept of free will. Yeah. Do you have free will? Mm. What do you think? Do you well, think you have free will? Well, I think free will, it, okay. Is largely an illusion mm -hmm. because of society and the norms, and we have to behave a certain way. I mean, I could have walked in here naked and not said anything to you and sit down to the podcast, but society's norms would urge me not to do that. But you also have the choice to do the podcast. Do I? Wait, <laughs> are you, are you saying? Are you, are you saying you're setting me free? Hallelujah! Sit down. Hallelujah! Do the podcast. Hallelujah. Bye. <laughs> I mean, you have a choice of where to eat. You do have some choices. Sure. But we're talking on a different level well, here. Not what you had for breakfast. I'm talking about free will. Okay, the, when the you go into a to breakfast, go I order cornflakes. Right. That's my decision. You think so? What I'm saying is, do you think that that's predestined that you eat those cornflakes? Right. I don't believe in predestined stuff. No. Yeah, I don't either. You don't? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think you would. So we make choices. But this movie basically is advocating or at least the story is advocating shakespeare was advocating that there that everything was predestined i mean look the witches foretold i know what was going to happen i know yeah and he was trying to prevent yeah. the stuff from happening that yeah. they said was going to happen yeah yeah wow so that would indicate that it it's all written in stone ahead of time yeah so is like is it predestined who i'm going to marry <laughs> no, that that stone is blank. <laughs> what do you think? I like this movie. Yeah, yeah, you did. I I, I, did. I liked it. 
but I, I'm not sure if you liked it, but I know that you liked it more than you thought you were Agreed. going to like it. Boy, you nailed that. You nailed that. I came in here saying, I think the first thing I said to you when I walked into your home, do we have to watch the movie? Why don't we just skip it? Yeah. Let's do a podcast. We ain't got no movie for you this week. Let's just talk about we can review. Let's talk about the dead people. And we watched it, and I liked it quite a bit more than I anticipated. Yeah. I did. I did. We should say that it was, um, I believe the whole thing was shot on a set. Yeah. On, not on location. It had a play-like feel, but it was so beautifully stylized that it was a, a cinematic play. Yeah. A cin- is that a fair description? It was a cinematic play. It was gorgeous black and white cinematography. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think they shot it on the same, you know, they're doing these new sound stages that are 360 degrees. Have you seen these or heard about these? Really? No. So I, I think, um, I'm pretty sure The Mandalorian is shot this way. You know, the TV show The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I I also think they're shooting uh, the new, the Avatar sequels that way as well. I can't remember for sure or not, but they're, it's basically a, um, a like a, a green screen that's 360 degrees. And so you go in and you're completely surrounded, but it's not green screen. It's like video monitors, essentially. And they project a high resolution background. And then if it's if you're in the desert, you put sand in the middle and then you project a desert all around you and it's seamless. And so it looks like you are in this area 360 degrees yeah. is and that so you, how it was done yeah so you do your whole scene and then when you're done you sweep out the sand and bring in leaves or right. or a castle floor whatever right. it is and so right. you just basically change the floor wow and i think yeah. that's what they were doing yeah. on this. i don't know that for sure but that's what it looked like yeah, yeah. there was definitely studio lighting and yeah. it was all I, I think the only shot that was on location was that horse shot at the very end the guy riding the horse the, over the, um, what do you call it? Over the, the hill, right? With the, with the kid, right? Right, right. Yeah. And the house, then this when the horse goes down, the, and then the birds all come up at the end. I think that's what you're talking about. The horse goes down. down in the, the horse goes down. The birds go up. Legs, and there are these these legs, these sexy <laughs> legs and mini skirts all over the place. <laughs> I like the movie a lot more than I thought I would. And you liked I it think a lot. I liked it now, how you, much I thought I was going to like it. And that. you've seen multiple versions of Macbeth. Well, I did the play in high school. Mm, no wonder you knew what you were talking about when you had to talk me through the movie more than once. <laughs> What's funny, I, re- I actually I had a very small part in the play uh, because I was assistant director. And I remember kind of being bummed. I was like, I really want to direct this play. And I did not get selected to direct. I had to assistant direct. And... So I worked with the actress who was doing, who, I, who was playing Lady Macbeth, and she and I kind of peeled off while everyone else was working on the rest of the play, and we worked on her monologue, and we got it so good, it was just incredible. And she came back and showed the director, and the director was like, "Nah, I want to do it like this, oh, this, and this," and I just remember being wow. gutted of wow. like, "What are you doing, wow. dude?" And and I knew that it was really. He wanted to put his stink on it, not watch this good scene. Yeah, it yeah. was it was really some of the best stuff she'd ever done, and he just kind of mm. ruined it. How heartbreaking yeah. for you and her. Yeah. 
I, you know, I made this statement to you. Well, first of all, as far as uh, let's talk about Francis. And I said, yeah, I don't think anyone else could have played the part the way she did. Now she's, she, we've spoke about her before in some other podcasts and she's kind of nutty. Yeah. She's kind of, do you remember what she did at the Oscars when she howled? She won the Oscar last year for support best actress. Um, and, and she made a howling noise, but then it was explained afterwards. I shared that with you a few days later. I read that there was someone on the set. who was like a key grip or a gaffer and, and they called him the wolf and he died. And they, so she made that noise for him which is kind of cool but it's weird if you don't know actually even knowing that it's still weird uh, yes that even knowing that it's still weird you were right on all accounts it really (laughs) would have helped if she had given some context however it's still weird instead of just howling yeah and i guess he was a beloved guy on the set and so she acknowledged him that way but i uh, she was incredible in this film and uh, we were Googling other actresses who played this part. Uh, Dame uh, Dench? Yeah, she, Judy Dench. Dench did it, as well as other people. And I mentioned to you in the first 20 minutes that I thought Denzel was in over his head. And that I don't know if I believe that anymore. I think he did fine. Can you imagine anyone else, another actor, who could have played the oh, part for with sure. more I mean... gravitas? I did feel, Robert, there was some gravitas lacking with his performance. Can you appreciate that? Really? I didn't feel that way. Mm. I did not feel that way. But, you know, this is not the first Shakespearean movie that he's done. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm, do tell. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? He was in Much Ado About Nothing with uh, Kenneth Branagh. Oh. There you go. So wow. he's been in Shakespearean movies before. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I actually think... He, I thought he did a decent job here. I think... Not just decent. I, th- I thought he did a really nice job. Um... <clears throat> he he played the part with a little bit of vulnerability, which I don't know that I've ever seen him really play before. It was like a private, um, there was a private level of insecurity that he had shown to Lady Macbeth, which we don't normally see uh, Denzel play. Uh, his characters have no weakness; they are all strength. Do you know what I mean? Like I do. By the way, Training Day also was a beautiful. great example. Well, I want to say that was beautiful Shakespearean the way he did that. The famous poker scene, insisting that what's his name play poker. You remember that scene in the kitchen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did that with a wonderful Shakespearean accent. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But if you look at something like Training Day, he's not weak in any of those. No. Scenes. Yeah. If you, I mean, what's uh, the devil in the blue dress and like what's the try to think of like anything he's done? John Q. Like he's he's resolute. He's gonna go hold up this hospital in order for his son to uh, to have a an operation. Inside man. I was just gonna say, inside man. Where does he show weakness in that movie? He doesn't. He doesn't. It, I, he's not someone. Glory, yeah. the Civil War movie. He never shows weakness. What was the runaway train? What was the train one? I get a few train movies mixed Taking up. Taking a Pelham. Oh, there was that, but there's also some. Was there something unstoppable or something like that? A train that couldn't stop, and he was. Was that the same? Am I wrong? I don't know. Yeah, but the remake of Pelham One Two Three. Is he in that? Is he in that? Pelham One Two Three. Anyway, I think so. Anyway, but the point is, yes, he showed vulnerability in this, and there was there was a little bit of insecurity that seemed like it was intimate between him and Lady Macbeth, and I don't think that I've ever seen him play that before. Now, by the end, some of the ending fight sequence or whatever that. That did not seem like he was insecure. Right. I also liked, there, w- there was remarkably little 
action in this movie. I'd read uh, an article that the uh, the composer had said that he originally get this 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 actually pissed me off he had said originally that he only wanted to use strings for the whole for the whole score because of covid but then he realized there were fight scenes and he would need some brass so they would have to put they would have to take their masks off to blow the horns basically he didn't want he didn't want to use any instruments where people would have to blow into the instrument wow are you crazy wow Wow. Wow. Who else could have played Macbeth other than Denzel? Anthony Hopkins. I was going to... Are you looking at my nose? I was going to suggest Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. yeah, we could do almost anything. I have a weird suggestion. I, I'll, I'm Russell, sure Anthony Hopkins did at some point. I wonder. Uh, this is weird. Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah. I could see that. I I like that. I could see Russell Oh, Crow. I got a good one. What, what, what? Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> And he would talk. Ah, lady Macbeth! Oh, you! What are you doing? You're making me kill all these people here. Talk about stunt casting. <laughs> yeah. Money shots. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. think the uh, the shot of Lady Macbeth up on that cliff. I think uh, I you even, even mentioned uh, it. Came. He said, "This is gorgeous. That's a beautiful yeah. shot." There was a yeah. Uh, you know, he a silhouette. Uh, we saw the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, yeah. gorgeous shot. Yeah, and I think the shot that followed was even really nice. Um, I think the the shot of the army getting ready and chopping down the trees and the holding leaves. all of the leaves. Leaves in the coming down. That was incredible. The fight sequence at the end with a lot of the, yes. the leaves coming. Yeah. It was just everything was so the whole movie gorgeous. Is gorgeous. The whole movies one. All of that funny. fog that was kind of moving through, and there was a lot of a lot of that. Everything was exposed perfectly in terms of the the exposure of the film it, it is a, a little difficult to film black people like the color of their skin <coughs> the tonality of their skin it's hard to shoot them correctly and this movie just nailed mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Um, and and the the skin the texture is darker than white people's skin obviously and so the exposure is a little different and it is quite difficult to film both of them in the same shot to get the exposure right. Right. And, I mean, they, they just totally nailed it. I'm sure part of it had to have been um, timing afterward. The color timing afterwards had to either pull Francis McDormand's skin down or bring up some of the, the skin tone from Denzel Washington to get them to kind of play nice with each other. I'm wondering if it was shot because with that other movie you got me a couple years ago, which is also a Coen Brothers movie. Um, what was that called? It's shot in black and white. Oh gosh! Oh, oh, Bob, bur- uh, no, uh, um, the man who wasn't there. Yes, and you know they did that in color, and yeah. then they went. I wonder if they did that here. If we shot in color, then probably they changed it to I black mean, and white. They're shooting video. I, yeah, uh, yeah. Nobody's shooting film. I know. Anymore. I know. So probably yeah, color. they're shooting color and then stripping it out. I mean that's how video works. Video video doesn't shoot black and white. Right. I mean unless you is there is there a a, a switch on the camera? No. <laughs> on black and white? No. Well, I thought maybe. Well, you're you're saying this incredulous like what the fuck is wrong with you? Because Ira? that's something that they would have done in 1963. Well, but that's not why would they do that now? Oh, to be artsy. <laughs> how how do you think they did this? 
Oh, shot in color. Yeah. And then what? And then it was processed in um, probably. How is it processed? Oh, with a color timer. And it has to go into these different baths filled with chemicals. That that's was how film, I, buddy. That's how I used to develop yeah. my color prints. Yeah. And that's I what I'm saying. That. That, that this is video. I know. I so know. They're, they're bringing it into a computer and they're just. That's where your switch is that says On the black computer, and white. not in the yeah. camera. I think the camera should have a little, a little toggle switch. Color. BW. I mean, I'm, Color. I'm sure BW. that you could yeah. tweak the camera to do that. But, yeah. but that's destructive. Like you. At that point. If you if you change it in camera, you can't change it later. You won't have control later when it's right. going through the camera, the computer. Right, right. So yeah, you probably could, but why would you? Right, right. Anyway, okay, that's your money shot. Yeah, my money shot. Again, the whole film was my money shot, but I was waiting for the scene that we all know. It's been drummed into us all through, you know, high school and so on about. Um, uh, toil and trouble and something wicked this way comes and i thought when they do the scene it's got to be really a standout scene it was because i always knew it was witches and i thought that the way i used to read it they had that pot of boiling water but here they were like that's actually at the beginning i think mm, that's right that's yeah. right that's right but here they were like up on a loft ledge looking down yeah and it was really, and she was un- really good. Yes, whoever that actress yes. was. Yes, I don't know. And the voices, the, what they did with the modulation, of their voices, it was spooky and disturbing, and it delivered those famous lines that we all know. Yeah, uh, something wicked this way comes. And I also want to say the other famous line, and I'm glad it wasn't emphasized, is "out damn spot." Yeah. But she said that almost like a. It wasn't calling attention to itself. Oh, here's the big line, but it was just like said naturally yeah and i like that i like that yeah i think she's trying to play her character as opposed to right trying to play up to the audience yes yes yeah so those are a couple of my money shots is it anti-wave is it anti-wave yeah i think so how is it not i mean i think it's you uh, first of all it's black and white it's shakespearean it's only one Cohen brother and not two. Yeah, yeah that, that could be an answer. Um, but I also think that you've got the, um, you know, the is something that you had said when we were watching the movies. You were kind of asking about who's the protagonist, but we're not even with our main characters for a significant chunk of the time. Uh, you know, there's a, several scenes mm-hmm. that take place without mm-hmm. Macbeth or Lady Macbeth, and I mean Shakespearean, right? That's how Shakespeare wrote the scenes. But um, I think that's kind of interesting as well. That, we spend some significant time away from our two leads. Right, right. And um, we, sh- well, spoiler alert, that both Macbeth and Lady Macbeth die. <gasps> oh, 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 what a tragedy. Spo- <laughs> so that too, obviously, would be anti-wave, that the person you're rooting for is decapitated. Yeah. They're holding his head. So it definitely is on the anti-wave scale. Yeah. No, I think it's quite high. I think I'm hovering like, like eight. eight. Oh, yeah. Robert. We both said eight at the same time. I love you. I love you. Leave your wife and hang out with me. It's a good movie, this one. You just ignored what I said. Yeah. It it's really is. Movie, it's very, yeah. Again, it was gorgeous cinematography and uh, certainly well acted. Who died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, must the falling people, they didn't turn to dust. We lost the falling people, actually, the last couple of weeks in the entertainment industry. Uh, Rolf Zockenbayer, 92-year-old German production diner, designer, he did Cabaret. I know how much you love that film. 
But you're going to admit that the production design was really quite nice. The never-ending story, Das Boot, he won an Oscar in 1973. Kenneth Wanberg, 91-year-old American composer, he did uh, the great American beauty contest, The Four Deuces. He was also a sound editor. Richard Christensen, 90-year-old American theater and film critic for the Chicago Tribune. And film critics should be included. I think they're part of this whole thing. Uh, John William Galt, 81-year-old American voice actor. His voice voice can be heard in Forrest Gump, JFK. Pete Smith, 63-year-old New Zealand actor. Robert, he was in a film, I brought this up years ago, you were not familiar with it, The Quiet Earth. It's a sci-fi movie. I saw it in the theater. It's an artsy film, mm-hmm. and I found it really powerful. And, I don't um, know. I, I know I, The Loud Earth. No. Yeah, the, no, you don't. Is I know, really I know The Quiet Mars. <laughs> I don't know The Quiet this is Earth. The Quiet Earth is like nothing I've ever seen. And he also uh, was in The Piano um, and James Bidgood, 80-year-old American filmmaker, photographer. This guy's a character, voice, a visual, and performance artist. He did a lot of interesting creative things with cinema. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> Carlston Carpenter, 95-year-old American actor. He did Three Little Words in a movie called Summerstock. A lot of older films back in the 50s. Again, he was 95 years old. The Coroner's Corner, Silver Spotlight Award. Nope, not Gene Hackman, although that might be before we know it. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, Mel Brooks, Pepe Le Pew. Nope. You know who died? Who? Howard, Howard Hessman. Oh. You know, he, 81-year-old American actor. We know him for WKRP, of course, in Cincinnati, but I... I did some research on I mm-hmm. forgot, Robert. He was in a lot of films, including This is Spinal Top, Head of the Class. Tap, he tap was, buddy. Spinal mm-hmm. Tap, not yeah, Top. What I say? Top? Yeah. Tap. Spinal Tap. You're, this, you're getting this, your dreidels my, and your dreidels, spinal taps. Top. This is Spinal Tap. He was in Billy Jack. He oh. was in Silent Movie. He was in The Other Side of Midnight. He was in Clue. He was in quite a few movies, yeah. dead at 81. The Candle Corner, Celebrity Spotlight for the Week. Ah, yes, the yin and yang of life. We want to acknowledge a really great character actor, Scott Glenn. He's 83 years old, and you know he was an urban Wasn't he like one of the first uh, NASA pilots? I knew you were going to say that because he was in, um, uh, what do you call it? The good, the right stuff. Oh, see, I got, I got right stuff. He was in Greenland. We saw that last year. Silence of the Lambs. Gene Hackman, you guys, turned 92, 92 years old. And Dowd. We're quite fond of her, 66. Christian Bale, 48. We wish these people a happy birthday. All right. You want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five Shakespearean movies. Yes, we're not going to say influential, just Shakespearean movies. Why would we need well, to say influence? Well, because I like texturing our top five, but I don't think we need We believe in economy of words. Shakespearean I, I think movies. they'll get it real fast. Do you? Yeah. Yes, we're going to overlap. <laughs> I'm that predictable, aren't yeah. I? I think we are. Because there are like only so many. All right. You want to kick it off? I, I, what? I have a bunch, but I... Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. um, you know what? I have a feeling I've seen more of no, these than you have. I think so, too. Because yeah. you ready for this? Yeah. I, this has never happened before. You have no Doing, scoops? I have no scoops. You're ready? I have no scoops. None. I used my five. All I had to do is rank them. That's funny. That never happened to me before. Um, all right, I'll go first. Go. My number five is from 1999, starring the aforementioned Anthony Hopkins, Titus. Story of Titus Andronicus. You know, I actually saw the play in Shakespeare's birthplace at what was then at called the Globe, Globe Theater. 
No, wait, he, he wasn't born in the Globe. I know. Okay. But they rebuilt it and they call it the Globe Theater yeah. in Stratford upon the Avon. Mm-hmm. And I went with my mom and I saw Titus. And it was really a violent movie with a lot of decapitations. Go ahead. The play, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. The, the movie The movie was extremely gory and, um, yeah. and trippy yeah. and weird. Yeah. And I think I, that's what I liked about it. It was very, you know, the eaten human pie yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. It was like, crazy I stuff know. I saw on. it with my mom. The play. And the, the movie? The pie. I ate the pie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's worth checking out. That was a good one. Anthony Hopkins is great. And he has a blue face, like a like blue man group. That's funny. He's painted blue for a big portion of the movie. He's great in everything, period. Always. That's when I turned the corner. Uh, not even turned the corner. That's when I realized how great he was. Yeah. Let's see yeah. Now. Okay, what do you got? What's your number Okay, now my five? number five, is, it is influence and it is a shakespearean movie you could just I, say shakespearean movie yeah what you Shake- could just you don't say influence well no we but it's, it's but it was influence okay it's a shakespeare movie but it's not based on anything he wrote aha that's right i'm talking about shakespeare in love you know that was based on a shakespearean play no, it's not. You're it's fucking called with me. My You're autobiography. Fucking... That's very funny. That's very funny. It's called Mein Kampf. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't know Shakespeare wrote that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Brush up your Shakespeare, <laughs> I'll say. Okay. He, um, he had a different kind of mustache back then. Yeah, I'll say. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was so weird when we saw uh, uh, William Shakespeare goose stepping. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the year Shakespeare in Love is 1998. Nine? There you go again with your, your one year. You know, it, I forgot it won so many. It won seven Oscars. It got film and it got actress. Gwyneth Paltrow obviously got it. And um, Has anyone seen this movie since 1998? I wonder if that's going to fall in that category. I, I mean. I know where you're going. Nobody remembers this movie. Yeah. Right? It was a fictitious love story of William Shakespeare falling in love while writing Romeo and Juliet. It was kind of, uh, what's the Cyrano de Bergiac? Uh, mm, it didn't have a little right. bit of that going yeah, on? Yeah, being guided. Yeah. Yeah, being told what to say to get the girl to fall in love with you. Yes. Was it, that was kind of the, yeah. I haven't seen it since 1998, so I don't know. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah. But that's my number five. My number four is from 2013. Do you have anything from 2013 on your list? No. A take on Romeo and Juliet, Warm Bodies. I, re- I think you would really like this movie. I've never seen Warm Bodies. I've been urged to see it by quite a few people. Do you know what it is? He keeps about? a zombie in his he house. Is a, no, he is oh, a he's zombie. A she? She keeps a zombie? No, no. He is a zombie. It's a guy who is a zombie. Yes. It, the apocalypse has happened. Yes. He's a zombie. And? And he sees this girl who is a human, and he falls in love with her. And he has to resist the urge to not eat her. Yeah. He, but he's in love with her. He's just he's kind of obsessed. But he he's a zombie, and they can't be together because they're. I mean, he's he's a zombie, and she's not. You know not. that really supports the theme that love has no boundaries. Yeah. It's a cool movie. Is it? Yeah. It's a it's a neat take on on that concept. All right, what do you got? So now wait a second. How is that Shakespeare? Help? Romeo what, and Juliet, Romeo, buddy. Oh, you said that, didn't you? Yes. Oh, do they both die? Uh, you have to watch the movie and find mm. out. You know, 
when Nomeo and Juliet came out, which I never Romeo even saw. Juliet, yeah. But my students were talking about it, and I was like, you know, I was, we were kind of discussing like adapting Shakespearean movies. And I said, I was talking to my students, I said, there's no way they're going to kill Romeo and Juliet in this kids' movie. They can't. Nomeo and Juliet, they can't kill them. I said, what they got to do is they got to have a false ending where they shatter into a million pieces because they're gnomes and that's what gnomes do. And then the families will realize what they've done, come back, glue them all together, and then they'll sing some sort of a happy song. And some, uh, I never saw the movie, but this kid in my class uh, told me that's exactly how the movie ends. And I was really? like, yeah, because well, how else do you that's write that gnomes? ending? They're gnomes? They're garden gnomes. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Are they like, Black faced jockeys holding a lantern. It's exactly what it is. No, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? No, you know what I mean. You've yeah, seen those on lawns. Yeah. They're blackface. I they're in white can't pants. imagine that they, that they would hold be... a lantern. Is it a lantern or a hoop? Like it matters. Yeah. I can't. I would love to see if one of those had a little cameo <laughs> in the background. I mean, I, I know there's got to be a, a pink flamingo in there somewhere, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't think they have the balls to put the, the jockey on. Anyway, that's my number, what did I say? Uh, is that your four? My, uh, no, no, wait, that was your four. What, no. what are we on? No, you're doing, that was my number four. Your four, my number four? Yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You. That's my number three. Is it really? That's where we're okay. going to overlap. Okay, based on the Shakespeare movie, or a book, excuse Taming me. Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew, it is. You know, I... I'm not a fan of Julia Stiles. Is that her name? Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't get her. I don't. I don't. As an actress, I don't appreciate her. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she's famous. Although she's really kind of spotty with her career, I think. Yeah. But anyway, she's in it with Heath Ledger, and they obviously modernized it. It takes place on a high school campus. Uh, the new kid and wanting to go out with a girl who's got the stepfather, and then what does he do? Oh, he sends to go out with the other sister who's mean and fucked up and in order. Yeah. There you go. In order for the younger sister to go out. Yes. She's got to get her older sister to go. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So that's funny. That's my number four. And the year, of course, which you know is 1996. You've got that on your list. 99. 99. Oh, there you go. And your number three is. 10 things I hate about you. So I'll talk. I'll, I'll offer a rebuttal about Julia Stiles. I, I like her. Do you? I do. I like her. I will admit, I've seen her n more often be a bad actress than be a good actress. Okay. Um, in particular, there was one movie that that was there was a short film she was in called Sexting, and it was a Neil Butte movie where she sits down at this restaurant and apologizes to this woman for basically being the the other woman, and she kind of admits that she's. Um, stolen her husband and he's been sexting her and she kind of admits to this whole affair and is apologetic and kind of coming clean about the whole thing and by the end of this five minute confession she suddenly realizes that the woman she's talking to is not the right woman and the woman that she was supposed to be talking to is at the next table over and so she has to kind of get up and do the whole thing all, all ah. over again. And it was kind of cringy. Yeah. It was a great idea, but yeah. Julia Stiles just couldn't quite yeah. pull it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very forced and like, I could I could see you acting. She was even in one of the Bourne movies. I liked her in the Bourne did, movies. Did you like her yeah. in the Bourne movies? I don't know. 
She wasn't yeah. in one. She was in two or was three. She in, was she? Yeah. No. The first three, anyway. Oh, was yeah. she an older? I blocked yeah. her. She had a, a small part in the first one, but it became a bigger part in in the, the sequels. Yeah. I like Julia Stiles. Okay. Yeah. But I will admit, uh, she's, yeah. she's had her... She's had some false moments. All right, what do you okay. got? What's your so number three? Number three oh come on we're talking the lion king and obviously with hamlet Mm. and there's a direct parallel between those two stories where the uh the uncle is is the villain and they kills the brother so he can become king and then avenge the death and it is hamlet were you not a fan of you made it sound i did not like lion king we're talking about the first one that came out in 1990 you think i like the sequel (laughs) no no but the, the one in 1990 is it four? four? Was it that late? Yeah. I thought it was 92. Nope, 94. Lion King. You didn't like, did you like the music? No. Oh, the music. No. Elton John. I didn't like that movie, and then the hype that we talked about before. Oh, there you go. That, it dilutes it. Yeah, made it even worse. Yeah. And I've been, you know, I went to see the stage show. And, you did? Yeah. Just, didn't work for you either? Nah. I've tried what they did with the abstract animals and kind of letting your mind fill in the gaps. uh, Okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, that's my number three. Your number two? My number two is also a take on Hamlet. This Mm. is from the year 2000, starring Ethan Hawke. It's a movie called Hamlet. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this. This was a modern telling of Hamlet, and he kind of plays a rich kid, and it, it... captured a lot of like the 90s angst that was going on and you do you know what i mean like the sure of course the grunge era sure and uh and i really liked it i thought it was really good there's a wow a, a great sequence where he's wandering through a blockbuster video rental store and having some of these monologues where he's talking to himself it's it's really interesting like where they put some of the scenes and it's a really cool modern telling of, of wow. hamlet now I'm wondering if one of yours is going to be the modern telling of Romeo and Juliet with Boz, that director Ugh. Boz Lom- I didn't see it. Uh-uh. He did Moulin Rouge, you know what I mean. Yeah. That was too stylized right. for my take. Right, he's a very stylized director, right. Okay. I don't think he's done anything that I like. Mm-hmm. Even Moulin Rouge? I don't think he did anything that I like. <laughs> Again, great music. I think I would rather watch Romeo and Juliet than Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge was so awful for me. It was just like, shut up. <laughs> Couldn't handle it. But it was Nicole Kidman and Ian McGregor. and Yeah, you're, you're proving my point. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. I'm just more romantic than you are, Robert. That's definitely true. Yeah, okay. Number two, you ready? Yeah. I love this film. It's an obvious one. West Side Story. West Side Story is based on Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. It is the original West Side Story. I didn't see the remake, so I'm talking about the year being 1961. One? Yes, sir. Was it that early? Yes, 1961. Robert wow. Weiss directed it a few years before he did uh, The Sound of Music. I should have known that. That would have been close to the 50s. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Natalie Wood, Rita Moreno, who's in both versions, of course. And it is a retelling of uh, we've got the two the two camps, the two groups, the two gangs go at it, uh, ending in death and death. West Side Story. Hmm? Oh, by the way, yeah. as far as which Romeo and Juliet, I want to say this, that of all of them, 
I know I've talked about this before, but the Franco Zaffarelli in 1968 is a gorgeous movie. You just movie. like that because she gets really naked in that movie. Well, the, Olivia Hussey. Yeah. That was her name, Olivia Hussey. But a good friend of mine and a fan of the show said every frame on that motion picture of that motion picture could be a painting. It was a lot of browns and earth tones. And I think this really came up when we talked about it as a movie too pretty. Yes. The very first time. I yes. think that was yeah. one movie yeah. that you argued might be too pretty. Yeah, yeah. So, West Side Story. And your number My number one. One. I wonder if we're going to say number one. Wouldn't that be weird? No. I don't know. Could it happen? My number one from 1990. No. My boy, Mel Gibson. Pulling in a really good uh, version of Hamlet. You have Hamlet multiple times. I do. Yeah. I forgot he did Hamlet. I I don't know why more people don't reference this. It was a really good version of Hamlet. And that the fight scene at the end was great. But uh, he he in my mind is a great Hamlet because he's fucking crazy. I mean he's he's a Every character he plays is on the verge of insanity, right? I mean, Lethal Weapon, Mad Max, like all of these characters that he plays are just almost a bird on a wire, like all these movies. Maybe you just like him because he hates Jews. Well, we have more in common than, than just <laughs> one thing, you know? Um, no, but he, yeah. I think the character of Hamlet is someone that, is questioning his sanity. And it's very similar to what we just saw with uh, Macbeth, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether or not what he's seeing is real and trying to understand. And those are themes that that work through a lot of Shakespeare's uh, writings. But Hamlet especially, it's it's all about the sanity of of himself. And who better to pull that off than someone who may actually have a little bit of a chemical imbalance than Mel Gibson. I loved uh, 1990s Hamlet. Nice. Yep. Mine? Yeah. My number one? It's a science fiction movie. Um, Does that can tell you anything? Oh, yeah. I, I know which movie And it was made in the about. 50s. And I've talked about it before. Yeah. It's known for its music with a theremin. <laughs> I always have to get in some piece of music, don't I? If you call that music. Old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Robert. Forbidden Planet. Hidden, forbidden you did that. Planet, yeah. Uh, which is based on The Tempest. And w- with Forbidden Planet, Walter Pidgeon, Leslie Nielsen, before he became funny, you know that, he did serious roles. And also Anne Francis in the short skirts and so on. And The Tempest, which is, it's based on where the story is about a father and a daughter stranded on an island and the father is a sorcerer and can conjure up, conjure up, monsters and there you go that's forbidden planet which i've said this before it's an intelligent sci-fi movie and has to do with the monster of the id the monster that's within all of us mm-hmm. a little freudian it's always there. that way Freud- it is always that way mm-hmm. uh that's my number one yeah the tempest forbidden planet 1956 i i have an interesting um and no scoops uh, i have a couple scoops yeah. for you that are interesting okay so as i mentioned before uh much Ado About Nothing. It's a great movie. That's really good. You know, Kenneth Branagh has done like almost all of these m- movies, right? Yeah. I mean, his Hamlet is actually really good too. Yeah. It's got, 
I could just do a top five of all different Hamlets. Yeah, yeah. The, there's a bunch of really good ones, and his is really nice. Very beautiful, very different than either one of the other two. Uh, so his Much Ado About Nothing is great. I really like that one. My Own Private Idaho was also based on a Shakespearean movie. But here's one is it? that I'm going to tell you. I'm going to read off some people that are in this movie. Can you just back up? My Own Private Idaho? Yeah. Do you know which Shakespeare oh, novel it's based I'll, on? I'll pull it up. All right. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Um, my Own... I'm sorry. I don't mean to derail you. I, I, I can't remember which, which one it is. It's a comedy. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. Okay, it's not important. Hold on, hold on. Find, we'll find it out. Now I, I gotta, I gotta own up to which one it is. Hold on. Oh, Henry the Fourth. I didn't know that. Henry Part Four. Mm, Henry Part Four. Yeah. Henry, the sequel. Yeah, the sequel. Okay, now get back to what you're saying. Okay, I'm gonna list off some people that were in a Shakespearean movie. Okay, were they in the same movie? It, it, this, these, all these people were in a movie together. In a movie together, a Shakespearean movie. Yeah. Is it a movie that's an adaptation? Actually, I don't know if you're going to know some of these people. Hey, you know I love movies. No, this is a, this is a Shakespearean movie. Okay. The title, I, you're never going to guess what the name of the title is. Hey, I surprise you every now and okay, then. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to start with the obvious, Kenneth Branagh. All right, so that could be any of them. Nathan Lane. Already you got a little chuckle. Yeah, yeah that's all right. Yeah. Um, Matthew Lillard. Do you remember Matthew Lillard? No, but I know Nathan Lane. <laughs> Matthew Lillard was in the Scream movies. Oh. Alicia Silverstone. Mm, I like her. Um, see, I'm trying to, Natasha McClone. I'm trying to think of you know, some of these people. Carmen Ijogo. She was in, um, oh, what was that movie? That, that Eddie Murphy movie. I'm trying to think of. If there's any other people in here that you would recognize hmm, a Shakespeare movie yeah there's a movie with Alicia Silverstone yeah with Alicia Silverstone Matthew Lillard Nathan is Lane. it a movie we've talked about in this podcast never yet it's written by Shakespeare yes the original is written by Shakespeare yes. and did not come up in our discussion no saw it in the theater haven't seen it since have I heard of it well I mean it's how how familiar are you with uh, with Shakespeare's repertoire? Well, I did teach Romeo and Juliet. No, actually, Julius Caesar. I taught Julius Caesar. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. Do tell. This is a movie from uh, from the year 2000, Love's Labor's Lost. Hmm. Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> the whole movie was filmed as a play. Uh, so it was. You were, they were on stage. It was a lot of dancing and very kind of unusual the take on it but that was a good movie loves labors lost i've heard the title well that's a shakespearean the play expression. yes yeah yeah that's i'm not heard familiar the with it though yeah. i've never read it no but i'll read it tonight no yeah right yeah i'll real. read it tonight a little night reading before i now would you have considered rosencrantz and guildenstern are dead as a oh i guess you would have because you you did shakespeare in love mm-hmm. so if you did rosencrantz and guildenstern are dead mm-hmm. do you know that one I know of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gary Oldman and... Yeah. Uh, well, Gary Oldman. What's yeah. his name? Who's in it with him? Yeah, Are you going to look it up? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I got to. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. I think we should edit this portion out. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> we have some dead time. Tim Roth. That was the other one. Ah, Tim Roth. Dead time? What are you talking about? Ah. This is chock full of wonderful Shakespearean Woo! references. Yeah. Thanks to William. We did it. Old Billy Shakespeare? Yeah. My boy, Bill. He's a... 
That's from Carousel. If people have some Shakespearean movies, <laughs> what should they do? They should reach out to us. How? Where? Our email. What, what's the? What's the? Where do they go? What's Shakespeare <laughs> at antiwavepodcast.com. That won't work. It will work. Well, no. Or, or, or William no. at antiwavepodcast. I think there's one more option we have for you. Okay. How about Robert at antiwavepodcast.com and I, I slash or. Ira at Eddie Wave Podcast. Any of those will work. Or you can reach out to us. The Twitter or Instagram handle there is at AntiWavePod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the leaves of Macbeth's castle. Oh, that was good. The leaves reference. The that was really good. Yes. Yeah. We are on, we're on the Google Podcast Music. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on iTunes. Just go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over Patreon. Hope keep the sprocket holes moving, Ira. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to do it. What? What are we doing? Gimme. Another, another one? Gimme. Oh, yeah. You mentioned this yeah, one. Yeah, we were supposed to do that this week, but it didn't yeah, come out. Yeah, I know, out. but it didn't come out yet. Yeah. So we're going to do it next, next week. week. Yeah. Good. I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do now? Yeah. Woo! Let's thank producer Joey for doing a good Joey. job. Joey! What do you want to do now? <laughs> <laughs> Go home, Robert. I think we need to brush Go, up on our Shakespeare. I think you'd brush up your Shakespeare. You're familiar with that song, aren't you? I am now. No, do you know that term? Uh-uh. Danny Kaye sang that in a 1940s musical. Brush up your Shakespeare. You really don't know it? Was he underneath a glass coffee table while he was singing that one? Under a glass coffee table? That's another reference that... Danny uh, Kaye, wasn't, that, wasn't he the one that always like laid underneath a glass coffee table and wanted women to shit? On the coffee Danny table. Thomas. You got your uh, Danny oh, K right. and your Danny Thomas confused. You're right, I did. And I'm here to correct you. <laughs> Same person, basically. <laughs> I've been hanging out with you too long. Yeah, yeah. All right, so until, uh, until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. That's a bad boopy. You come back in two weeks and be a good girl. <laughs>